and welcome to a, another edition of the Locked on Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Ben Standig. Uh, thank you for checking out the podcast. Of course, you can find all of our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere else you do your podcasting. Put up one on uh, Tuesday night after the Wizards' big win over Oklahoma City. Uh, Todd Dibus joined me to help break that down. The, the win and also, obviously, the news that John Wall... It'll be out six to eight weeks. Uh, on this here podcast, a quick update on what's up with John Wall. I uh, was out at practice today. We heard from Scott Brooks on, um, uh, on some final thoughts on yesterday's game, some, uh, and also some of the notes going ahead into Thursday's matchup against the Toronto Raptors, which is obviously going to be another very Important game for these Wizards who have done a very good job in these two games without John Wall. Not just both wins, though obviously that's pretty good. Uh, but, but how they're getting it done, that sort of sharing is caring approach. A lot of assists on, on, on over these last two games. The defensive effort was stellar as well. Uh, a gritty win for them against Oklahoma City. And plus, we'll get into some other news around the league, including what's going on with Tyreek Evans in Memphis, a guy we've talked about here plenty on the podcast about a, as a potential target for the Wizards. Uh, first, though, some sad news to report. Uh, if you haven't already heard, former Wizard Rasul Butler, who was with the team just a couple of years ago, he and his wife were uh, killed in a one-car accident in California uh, I believe it was earlier on Wednesday or overnight. Uh, very sad news. You know, he was a, a very nice guy uh, when we dealt with him here uh, with the Wizards. He, uh, you know, I, he, he was a guy that was had, had been around the league plenty. And um, when he was here with the Wizards, you know, look, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a guy, um, he, he was a guy just in terms of the roster. He was a last, you know, last, late addition to the roster. Not somebody you'd think to yourself that is going to be a huge I- I- impact. I mean, to some degree, I guess if you look at it like this year, a little bit akin to, to Mike Scott to some degree, uh, but m- maybe even a little, a little more so, uh, because at the point he joined the Wizards in his previous you know, three seasons he was averaging three points a game for a couple different teams. He had bounced around the league plenty in the year prior to the Wizards. He averaged 2.7 uh, points in 50 games for Indiana. And when he came to the Wizards, uh, you know, it, it was one of those years where, where some injuries struck. They needed a fill-in guy. And, and it, was, it seems like that's happened a lot with the Wizards in these last few years. A- every year, somebody you're just not expecting jumps up and, and, and steps in. And there were stretches in that season were kind of similar with Mike Scott this year. He's just making threes all over the place. He finished uh, averaging 7.7 points, shot 39% from three in 75 games. He really was a huge help uh, for that team. Uh, the following year, he played for the Spurs, and that was the end of his career at the end of the 2016 season. Um, you know, I... I wish I had something more profound to say uh, about him. I just knew him from that one year that he was here. Very nice guy. In, in being, I was at the Wizards today. A lot of the players uh, that, that were there, a lot of the team employees, said nothing but great things about him. His wife also uh, perished in the accident. So 
obviously, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to their family, uh, friends and family, uh, John Wall, Otto Porter, among those who expressed their condolences on social media today. So a sad day in the NBA for sure. A guy that played on a lot of teams, touched a lot of lives, and, uh, you know, all I guess we can say is rest in peace to Rasul Butler. And, uh, you know, again, thoughts to him, our thoughts go out to his family, uh, and his friends and obviously his former teammates. Um, obviously no easy transition from there, but as I mentioned, I was out of practice today. Uh, it was a Scott Brooks day for practice. In other words, I was really the only person we all had, uh, that we, that we all spoke to with the group. So let's get into just some of that right now. Uh, Scott Brooks sort of having a little bit of time to reflect on what happened overnight, as well as, um, going forward a little bit with regards to Toronto. So here's some Wizards coach Scott Brooks on Wednesday as the Wizards are getting ready for Thursday's meeting with Toronto. Scotty, just your uh, initial reaction to the news of Russell Butler passing away. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad day. I've never um, never coached him, but I've heard nothing but great things about him. Uh, my condolences go out to his family uh, during this difficult time. Uh, but yeah, definitely a sad day for the, for the NBA family. Uh, no, obviously easy transition from that, but just, uh, you've had a couple hours obviously to, to sort of reflect on last night. We've talked a lot about the defense and some other things. Was there anything that sort of stood out to you that maybe was a underrated part of that performance? Um, I thought we did a, a great job of, of making some adjustments and, and, and Worked on them the day before, and then to actually do it and, and have some success by doing it, and not um, um, getting away from it. But I, I just love the way we. Westbrook's not easy to guard. Uh, he's one of the best, if not the best, uh, attackers in the league. But we had extra players surrounding him, and we we made him see a crowd every time down the court. Uh, but I, 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 and I love our passing. We made so many extra passes last night that we could have easily had a, a, another high assist game or higher than the 27 that we had. Uh, we missed a lot of open threes, which, and some, a lot of layups also. So I just like the way we played. The spirit of our, our team last night was, uh, the way we have to continue to, to have success. And, you know, we got one of the best teams coming in on the East from the East tomorrow night in Toronto. Obviously, John is one of the bigger point guards. Thomas is even bigger, he's 6'7". Yeah. Um, what kind of luxury is that to have a guy that you can deploy who, you know, if you go up against a Westbrook, he's got a, a height advantage? Well, the, the Thomas, the thing I, we, we love about Thomas is that he competes, mm. he, he stays in plays, he makes extra effort, uh, and he cares. And, and the, thing, the other thing, you can switch. You can put him on... On bigger players, because when you do switch, which a lot of teams do, especially when, when teams go small, uh, you don't have to worry about a smaller four-man posting him up and creating offense through through that through that area of the floor. But so that's another advantage, uh, and he's athletic. You know, you don't, he's, when he gets his steps, and you know he can finish around the rim and he can dunk. Uh, last night he had a couple opportunities he, he missed, but got fouled on the one. He's uh, he's been great. He's been really um, having a, a solid season for us. And going into the next match, obviously, it's not going to get much easier with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan 
Um, what's going to be the key to matching up with them now, obviously, without John? Well, they're the one of the best backcourts in the game. They've been to the All-Star game for many years now together. So we definitely have to control the, the paint, control their, their penetration, control their opportunities to get easy shots. Uh, Rosen is a shot maker. He's uh, and he's added to some distance to the shot. He can shoot threes now. And Kyle, he's just a glue guy. He's tough. He's competitive. He's feisty, and he makes uh, makes them go. I think he's a big part of their success. He makes shots. He's he's just a really really good point guard. We uh, don't get to see much of Chris McCullough. You know, maybe just a few minutes late in games. How, 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 what's the progression like for him right now in practice? Like, what, what are some of the things you, you've seen him improve on and that you would like to kind of see him work on in the short term? Well, I think the big part of him is just going to continue to get stronger as an athlete. And that's going to be with our strength and conditioning program. And then just continue to work on his outside shot, court work that he's putting in. It's like, as of today, you know, we didn't have much of a practice, some film session and some shots. But he's definitely stayed after and, and, and continued to develop his game. And this time of the year, there's not a lot of practice time, so we have to try to you know, find it whenever we can and then simulate it with some coaches that he has to go against. Uh, but I, I see some improvement. He's, there's not a lot of time for that spot. All right, and there was some thoughts from Wizards head coach Scott Brooks, obviously, uh, you know, a big matchup with Toronto, uh, coming up. We'll talk a little bit more about that here on the Locked On Wizards podcast. Uh, you know, w- one thing that's interesting about Toronto, I- I've talked about this before. Well, I, you know, I've said it to you guys before. I never remember what I talked about on the podcast or what I'm talking about offline, but you know, I totally get why people can sometimes get frustrated, or not sometimes, but often can get frustrated with things that the Wizards have done. We, again, what we talked about last season, last off season a million times, and other things that they've done over over time. But obviously, at the same point, there's been plenty of good. This is a team that's been, you know, made the semifinals of the Eastern Conference three out of the last four years, coming off a 49 win season. I think we all probably agree, if healthy, this team can compete in the East right now. Um, Obviously, they haven't been healthy this year, as evidenced by the fact that John Wall is out again. And by the way, let me just mention, we already kind of, we already knew this essentially, but the Wizards did say that he, uh, Wall officially had the arthroscopic surgery on the left knee today, and the official timeline is what we reported yesterday, six to eight weeks. So, not, nothing new on that, but that is official. In any event, uh, but it's always compared, whenever you, it's not, it isn't just the Wizards that acts, it's compared to other teams. And it's such a difficult situation, right? Because on the one hand, if you look at, say, Cleveland, they have LeBron, right? No matter what team LeBron James has been on, essentially his whole career, but certainly in the last uh, eight, you know, eight or so years between Miami and, and Cleveland, he's been the you know he's been the guy. He, you know, he's the only one that's making the NBA Finals out of the East. It's almost impossible. You know, there's almost nothing the Wizards could do, essentially, right? Uh, other to, to 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 topple that, so that's pretty difficult. Then you look at Boston, and Danny Ainge has done a lot of good things there, but so much of it came down to that um, that crazy trade with Brooklyn, where Brooklyn gave up a ton of picks to get Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. 
I'm, I, I'm not saying I don't give it Danny Ainge credit for that, but that's like such a one in a million trade. It, it might be the worst NBA trade of all time, but it's certainly in that conversation. And, you know, even if the Wizards had done a lot of better things, even if they, you know, Jan Mahimi and Andrew Nicholson were two guys who are you know, a little steadier, uh, a little more productive, it wouldn't compare to what the haul that Boston got. And, you know, go, you know, whatever. We can kind of go through some of this. But I bring this up because of, you get to Toronto, and Toronto is a team where you look at what, compared to the Wizards, and you do kind of see the flip side of how things could go, right? Because Toronto, in many ways, a very similar team to the, to the Wizards. Not, not completely in that, well, I mean, it's similar in a basic makeup when you, when you think that they have two all-star guards, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, because like the Wizards have John Wall and Bradley Beal. We, they, they, we, we've been sort of comparing these backcourts now for several, for several years. Uh, DeRozan was one of their picks. Lowry was somebody that they added over time. But, you know, you sort of have that dynamic, this, this all-star backcourt. And then, you know, the Wizards have had the better starting lineup in recent years, even with Toronto having Serge Ibaka. Jonas Valanciunas is a totally fine, uh, player. But, you know, the Wizards have had the better starting five. But when you look at the difference, the real difference to me with these teams, it's what goes on with the depth. Because the Wizards, as we know, they've only had one, while they had Wall, Beal, and, and Otto Porter, their three draft picks. Kelly Oubre is the only draft pick who's played for them at all in the last four years. But then you look at Toronto. They drafted first-round pick DeLon Wright, a point guard, who is uh, averaging 8.5 points in 24.4 minutes per game this year. Yaka Pertle, a center uh, out of Utah is averaging 6.8 points in 17.8 minutes. They got Norman Powell in the second round, six and a half points a game. They drafted Pascal Siakam, uh, who's averaging 6.2 points a game. OG on- Onuabi, I'm going to try to butcher that name. Uh, another rookie this year. He, he started 37 games for them this year, averaging 6.1 points. They added Fred. Fred Van Vliet, a guy I really liked coming out of Wichita State. He's been such a key contributor for them as their backup point guard. And these are all guys that they brought in through the draft. And the the key is that, look, I don't. we'll see what what happens with all these guys. They're not going to be able to keep them all over time. It doesn't mean that any of them will, all, will turn into all-stars. But they're young. They're cheap. They're their guys. And that is... The idea, that is truly the, the, the more ideal way to build a situation. And, you know, look, the, the Wizards, I mean, Toronto does have one Eastern Conference Finals appearance, uh, on their resume. Of course, the Wizards also swept them in a playoff series in round one. So, uh, you know, I, 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 is this to say Toronto is a model franchise and the Wizards are chumps? It's just to say the, there, it's just, Toronto's more of a, of a, of a realistic model of what a, a team could do. You build through the draft, you have young pieces, and you kind of go, uh, you, you use that to help supplement your depth, supplement your stars, the guys they have. Toronto has been very interesting this year. They've completely remodeled their, uh, their, their scheme. The most notable difference is DeMar DeRozan has turned into a, uh, three point shooter this year. He's taken tons more. Than he has, uh, than he has typically over his career. In fact, looking at it, this is a, he's taken 163s already this year, or, you know, just past halfway point. His career high just in attempts was 139. Um, he's shooting, 
33%, which actually to me looks kind of low. I'm actually going to check this out here. Uh, yeah, well, I guess it's not sort of low. He's shooting 33% as well for January. He was hitting 39% in December, so he's come back down to earth a little bit. But he, he you know, that is made similar to John Wall. If, you, if he can make that shot, you're going to, you know, just enough. You have to pay attention to it just enough to, to allow him to, to do some other things he wants to do on the court. So just, uh, you know, just something, um, just something that, I, that strikes me when I look at Toronto. Uh, again, I'm not saying they have all the answers um, <laughs> or anything like like that. I mean, you saw Majiri, their GM, obviously very. He's, he's been very impressive uh, over his career. But uh, yeah, you just see that young that young depth that they have. And even if you tell me that the Wizards in Toronto match up in a, in a first round playoff series or whenever, or if they match up at all in the playoffs, and I think the Wizards have a totally good shot to beat them. I would try, say just at a base level, the X factor beyond, obviously, health of certain players, would just be, where's Toronto's youth at that point? Because for the Wizards, Kelly Oubre is only the real guy where you can kind of see there may be more uh, another true level to get to. Um, uh, I'm taking it that Otto Porter and Bradley Beal are already fairly established. Toronto has several of those guys, and that's what's intriguing to see. Which of those guys for Toronto can really make a move? Maybe the answer is none of them, but that's one of the interesting things uh, for Toronto. All right, let's get to some other NBA news here on the Locked On Wizards podcast. Now, that other NBA news I want to get to has to do with Memphis guard Tyreek Evans. Uh, we've talked about him before as a guy who seems to make some reasonable sense for the Wizards uh, as far as an NBA as far as an NBA trade deadline target. In that he's got a, he's got a year left on his contract. He gives them, so you're not taking on a lot of long-term salary. He gives you a scoring threat off the bench. He's had a, he's had a real, uh, turnaround season, uh, for Memphis. He's really kind of been the only thing that Memphis has going. I mean, you have Marcus Saul, of course, but, you know, they, they just had such a tough year losing Mike Conley for, uh, for the year. Um, but, uh, but, you know, but, but Evans, he's averaging 19 and a half points a game. He's shooting 39% from three, 80% from the free throw line, five assists. Uh, you know, there's a lot to like. He's also a big physical guard, 6'6. You know, he, he's really got an athletic build. Can, can play, you know, he can play him as a, as a small forward if you need to. There's a lot to like there. And obviously, you know, as I reported yesterday, and this is not breaking news, of course, but that the Wizards, if they're looking to do anything around the trade deadline, they're looking to add, uh, uh, another wing guard. Or perimeter, uh, or a perimeter player. And what's interesting is that Tyreek Evans at to, uh, at Memphis's game this evening, uh, well, he he didn't dress, and he didn't dress not because of an injury, but because Memphis is saying, nope, we're not going to play him anymore until we make a move. Here's what Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN uh, reported online tonight. Uh, as trade discussions involving Memphis guard Tyreek Evans intensify, the organization plans to sit him out until the deal is completed, league sources tell ESPN. The Grizzlies are shopping Evans to try to bring back a first-round pick, league sources said, and discussions with several playoff contending teams have intensified in the past 24 hours. Now, it says here specifically teams chasing the playoffs in the East uh, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Boston, and at West, namely Denver and New Orleans, 
are among those expressing interest in acquiring Evans. You'll notice I did not say the Wizards. So that's interesting because, well, it, it, it one, uh, you know, part of the, the what I reported yesterday and uh, was that the Wizards, and I've reported previously, was that the Wizards are really just not looking to trade one of the, trade their first round pick, their 2018 first. They're also not looking to trade Kelly Oubre if they don't have to. And I certainly don't think they want to do either of those things for a rental. I'm down with that. Not in an ideal, perfect world sense, because this team definitely needs another uh, guard, even before the John Wall injury. But if John Wall's going to be out two months, and right now your backcourt is Bradley Beal, Tomas Sadoransky, Jody Meeks, and Tim Frazier, I don't think it's a stretch to say they could use a third guard. Um, even if, you know, even when John Wall returns, and even if there's enough time in the season, and even if the Wizards are in the playoff hunt and all that, um, you know, you could still use another scoring threat off the bench. Uh, you know, even if it's a guy like, you know, a guy like Evans where you can kind of think to yourself, hey, we could play Kelly Oubre and Otto Porter a little more at the four, maybe Marquis Morris a little more at the five, and now we have a guy like Tyreek Evans who can fill it at the three as needed, and that would be a big deal. But, like I said, the Wizards, for better or for worse, they've, they've put themselves in this position where because they've traded away in the last, you know, four draft, three of their four First round picks, three of their four second round picks. They already are, have, have sent away two future second round picks. At some point, they have to hold on to some of their own pieces, and that's why I, I, I just don't see them trading a first round pick. Certainly not for a rental, and probably not at all. But in any event, uh, it's just interesting to see what Memphis is doing with Evans. You know, look, you know, you, know, you never say never. Maybe the Wizards do get involved if they decide, especially with Wall out, that they, this is something they have to do and. Look, if the other teams in the East, Milwaukee, Philly, Boston are the ones potentially getting Evans, you know, that's certainly not something they want um, to have happen. So we'll see about that. Um, but by the way, uh, I, I, one, one last thing and uh, on, on this sort of front, when I say that the Wizards have sort of put themselves, put themselves in this position, you know, if the Wizards forget this year for the moment, if they do nothing, right, uh, it, 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 you know, Nothing, nothing spectacular. And just for argument's sake, they go into next season with the same general roster. You look at it now, it, it's going to look a lot, assuming nothing changes dramatically with the team, it's going to look a lot better going into next year than I think it did going into this year. And here's why I mean that. Here's what I mean by that. Obviously, John Wall, Bradley Beal, you know, that, that that's your foundation. Otto Porter, obviously a very good player who's been, who's been, uh, he, for the Wizards, he got, you know, got paid handsomely last offseason and you know, he continues to do, uh, a lot of good things for the Wizards. Markeith Morris, look, it, it's definitely been an up and down year. The injury certainly didn't help the cause, but at a base level, you know, he can still do a lot of good things and he's still relatively young. Marching Gortat and Jan Mahimi in the middle, two older centers, I get it, you know, you know, I can hear you all out there, but Gortat in particular, is still very helpful on both ends uh, of, of the court. But if you go skip skip the center part for a second, those first four guys, but now you've got Kelly Oubre, a 22-year-old uh, wing player who's really had, you know, something akin to a breakout season. And now let's look at, we got, we've got Sadoransky going on, right? Another young player. I mean, Sadoransky is 26, so he'd be 27 next year, next year. That's still in the prime of his Career, so you know. All, I'm saying, all of a sudden now, you have the four starters who are, 
you know, the 28 and undergrad plus Ubre plus Sadoransky plus they, but if they keep it their 2018 first round pick, that means seven players that are going to be, uh, you know, a fairly young core. Again, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I'm saying that's, that's, uh, that's getting you a little bit closer to where Toronto is at, right? Than, um, than the Wizards would have, uh, uh imagined, uh, or that the, the, maybe the perception would be prior. I mean, look, I mean, Sadoransky, it took a while to get him over here, but obviously that seems to be paying off pretty nicely right now. So, uh, you know, I'm just saying, like, we, we, we're all f- so focused on how do you improve for this year's team. You gotta do what you can. You can't just throw away the season by any stretch. But at the same point, going into next year, assuming everybody comes back healthy and, you know, the, the, this general core remains, you know, they all of a sudden have some pretty good, you know, some pretty good young depth, uh, and not, not just Wall, Otto, and Porter, but some, some pieces beyond that, plus a potential first round pick, maybe even the second round pick. You know, who knows where Devin Robinson fits in that. So anyway, again, this is not a, uh, you know, me, me patting the Wizards on the back. This is just sort of noting, you know, it, just, just noting, just noting the landscape. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just leave it at that. All right, I'm going to note the landscape for me. Says it's time to, cl- to close up shop here. So we'll get off here on the podcast. Thank you guys as always for checking it out. You want to hit me up on Twitter? I'm at Ben Standing. Um, good win for the Wizards Tuesday. We'll see if they can make it three in a row against Toronto. And uh, we'll go from there. So, uh, Ben Standing signing off. And until next time, see ya. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Long drive, long shot. Dagger!